Hello once again ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another really good revision history podcast with me Mr Hutchison and we've uh, previous podcast was looking at uh, beliefs in the medieval era we now move on to the different treatments that people received um, and were practicing during the medieval era so remember for each of the various eras that we look at it's about beliefs what caused disease treatments how people were treating disease and then there's kind of separate case studies about um surgery public health and preventative measures in addition although those don't really come in into the latter eras because uh, before that everything pretty much remains the same so uh, moving on then to to medieval uh, treatments and a lot of these are linked to the beliefs that i mentioned on the previous podcast so uh, really what i'm going to be doing is running through the different type of people that um, people during the medieval era would be able to go and see to get treatment so first and foremost is is women uh most people would have relied upon women within the family to receive treatments for an illness whether that's the mother you know mother sister wife um and those treatments would have been based upon herbal remedies that often would have been sort of old family recipes handed down through time through word of mouth so you know you might you might receive treatment for a wound or a uh, a rash or something you might have some kind of ointment and the recipe for which would have been made up uh, you know oh it's an old family recipe you know they make up the ointment to treat you and in some places some villages maybe some towns although less so in town probably more likely in the village um you know in some textbooks and things you see uh women described as wise women which is a similar concept really it's just that obviously uh, if there was somebody within the village who was particularly skilled or well known for for giving out treatments then everyone in the village might go to that to that particular wise woman from that particular family uh, but the treatments would have been the same it would have been herbal remedies old sort of um based upon old recipes uh, handed down through generations and this is all, you know, minor treatments for minor ailment, uh, minor ailments. Um, sometimes they were written down, and some people may have had access to Bald's Leech Book, which is a an old uh, English collection of of herbal remedies and treatments. They may have had some access to something like that but by and large those those um, treatments would have been handed down through generations and, and carried through word of mouth now there were some hospitals in the medieval age but they were very very different from our hospitals today the first hos- hospitals started appearing around the 11th century but most importantly uh, that you need to know they were controlled by the church and therefore hospitals were run by monks and nuns and were often attached to monasteries known as monastery hospitals so sick people really sick people would have been turned away uh, which sounds a bit strange to us i know but but through you know because of fear of infection and spreading disease although i will hasten to add remember that they didn't know precisely how disease was spread and see the previous podcast for uh, for beliefs but um still you know that you know, students often make the uh the mistake of thinking people um from ages gone by particularly in the middle ages just weren't weren't intelligent you know because they don't know about germs or whatever that they're not intelligent people that, that couldn't be farther from the truth if you think back to um the ancient world and people like aristotle and plato hippocrates um you know these were highly 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 intelligent people you know um you know 
many of them represent the pinnacle of um, you know human intelligence. Uh, so it's way too simplistic just to to write off um, people that lived in, in in eras gone by as just not intelligent. They're not just not privy to the same sort of scientific um, evidence that we have today. It doesn't mean that they're not intelligent. So a bit of a bit of a side point there but but an important one i read that time and time again in in, in extended answers yeah um, but it's just not true folks so so please do sort of bear in mind um that, that that's way too simplistic view um so anyway they didn't know about how infection was was caused didn't have the technological means to 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 be able to see germs and discover them um but in saying that you know Further to my point, they, they, they weren't stupid. You know, there, were, there, were, there is common sense. And, you know, there was uh, a kind of um, understanding that people in close proximity to each other were more likely to get ill. They just realised that through trial and error and through common sense. And, you know, for the, through that, you know, when we get on to uh, 1348 and the Black Death and then, by extension, the Great Plague in 1665, you know, we see, although they didn't understand how... Uh, plague was spread per se they they did um use quarantine as a, as a preventative measure because they understood that people close together seemed to catch this disease and it's no different in, in medieval hospitals you know they they realized that people close together who were sick often passed that sickness on they just didn't know how so because of that hospitals did not admit uh, seriously sick people and those people that were uh, ill that the hospital did accept into their care wouldn't have actually have been cared for they would have been uh looked after and the focus in hospitals in medieval times very much upon prayer and again this links to belief that god uh sends illness as a um as a punishment so you know the beds would have faced uh crosses and altars and things like that and uh, they would have shared uh prayer with the sick in the hope that they come better now strangely um you know, monks often grew their own food and uh, had access to clean water, sometimes via lead piping. Um, and so some people may have got better as a result of the, the, the type of care that they were receiving. Just, you know, good, nutritious meal and clean water and rest. Some people may have, have actually uh, recovered just because of those simple facts. But uh, by and large, there was no specific treatment per se. It was very, very much about prayer rather than treating um if you were slightly richer person and had access to some coin some money you may have been lucky enough to have been if you were sick to have been treated by a physician so we say a physician but, 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 but you know we mean we mean doctors really closer to what we have today a physician is a professional doctor who would have spent uh, several years studying at a, at a university or, or something similar and um yeah they, they 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 would be as close to a sort of professional doctor as, as, as we as we get in the medieval age uh, of course the training they would would have received would have been based upon Galen's teachings and the Four Humours because universities were once again controlled by the Catholic Church. They funded them and they controlled what was being taught. And as a result of that, for the reasons that I went to in the previous podcast, the Church would have ensured that only 
Galen's teachings were being taught and only the four humours were being taught, or certainly the focus would have definitely been on those. The types of treatments you would have received would have therefore been based upon the four humours, of course, possible um, like purging um, treatments, you know, bloodletting or, or making people sick, giving them laxatives, things like that, making them go to the toilet more to balance their humours. And they may have also have um, observed urine and astrology, zodiac charts as well, and based... Um, treatments on the time of year and things like that if you could not for oh sorry the final point on physicians were there, there weren't very many of them um historians guess that there was probably um only about 100 physicians up and down the country so you know that there, there weren't very many of them so as a result of that the vast majority of people would not have had access to a physician um most people if they needed some minor surgery done, would have gone to something called, a, or somebody called a barber surgeon. So a barber surgeon is so-called because they, they also cut hair, they were barbers. And doing so, of course, they had the right tools for minor surgery. You know, they would have had knives and scissors and things like this, or, or not scissors, but similar sort of implements. And therefore... Um, you know, for a fee, they would have very happily have taken a tumour off, you know, the surface of the skin or uh, uh, tried to fix your bones with splints or something like that. And therefore, you know, if minor surgery was needed, they would have gone to a, a barber surgeon. Uh, barber surgeons were, were poorly trained. They would have learned on the job. And actually, most people who required surgery, unless it was absolutely 100% necessary quite simply just wouldn't have bothered uh, they'd have lived with the with the issue they had you know if they have a surf, surface tumor on the skin for example rather than getting it removed as you would do today uh, because of the risk involved with surgery and the fact that there was no anesthetics uh, you know they wouldn't put you to sleep or anything like that um, most people just quite simply didn't bother and just live with the complaint. However, if you did require minor surgery, you could go to a barber surgeon for a, a small fee and they would do simple, basic surgery and treatments. They might, some barber surgeons may have used the four humours and uh, consulted urine charts and things like that. But more often than not, they were they were they were too poorly trained for any you know real in depth knowledge of the four humours. There is also apothecaries. Uh, apothecaries tend to either live in the towns or they sometimes travel around uh, manor houses and things like that, looking after or, or trying to sell their wares to uh, peasants and villeins and, and, and people at the bottom of the feudal system um, who, who needed treatments. Um, apothecaries were mixed potions, basically. Uh, many of them would have had very little training. They would have learned on the job, similar to a barber surgeon. And again, the quality of the uh, potions and ointments and uh, remedies that you would have bought from an apothecary would have changed. So it's possible that some of them might have worked. Um, more often than not, many of them wouldn't have worked. So again, you know, you're rolling the dice going to an apothecary. You don't really know about the quality of the of the treatment or the 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 uh the medicine that you are receiving um further to that as well some apothecaries may have even have been quacks now a quack a strange word i know quack is a is a, is a like a fake doctor so a doctor who is purposely trying to profiteer by um selling sick people things that they didn't need so you know selling them a, a, a potion or a 
or a, a remedy that they know full well is, is going to do nothing. Um, you know, quacks. So some apothecaries would have been would have been quacks as well. So some apothecaries might have been good. Some apothecaries might have been bad. Some apothecaries' treatments might have been good. Some of them might have been bad. Some of them may have knowingly sold bad treatments. Others would have sold uh, treatments thinking they were good and they didn't really do very much. So uh, you know, a complete mixed bag when it comes to apothecaries. But some people would have would have certainly have gone to an apothecary for treatment. And I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just a final thing to, to mention. Uh, I mentioned at the start that we, we also look at preventive measures, uh, public health. There wasn't a lot of public health in medieval era. Obviously, um, um, there is some knowledge about how to stay clean. So it would have been done on a personal level rather than, you know, government-led initiatives to, to keep people clean and healthy via public health. You know, there wasn't uh, much in the way of sewerage and piping clean water or anything like that. I've, I've mentioned previously that, that some monasteries had piped lead piped water, um, obvious problems there, but, but, you know, an improvement upon dirty water and um other than that there's very little in the way of public health as i say not not everybody uh, that doesn't mean everyone was filthy dirty um there was a general knowledge on on keeping clean there was something called the regimen sanitatus which is actually like an old poem um that that some people might have had access to would have known that it's about keeping clean uh, that, that they may have followed that's the regimen sanitatus um but there wasn't really anything in the way of organized government or or taxation or anything like that in order to to put together or uh, organize an effective public health system um, the only real examples that we have from medieval age are our cesspits which are like um, uh, pits to dump your human waste and they would have been lined with 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 stone or brick that uh, we have some examples of laws being passed by kings to stop butchers and and, and other um, other people in towns leaving animal waste in the streets and uh, rakers were employed i think by one of the edwards i forget which one doesn't matter that much for for, for gcse but um were, were employed rakers were employed to clean the streets basically sort of a paid job um and they would have a raker would have would have literally cleaned the streets of of any kind of uh rubbish or animal waste or, or things like that just to keep it that, that that a little bit cleaner again i stress they did not know about germs they did not know how disease was passed on but just that common sense, you know, it's not very nice, is it, having rotting animal carcasses in the streets, for example. And, uh, you know, also extremely unhealthy and rakers were employed to sort of clean the streets. Other than that, no public health whatsoever. So that's pretty much it, folks, for treatments um, that you would have received. Of course, the vast majority of treatment links to the next podcast, which is about um, the Black Death. Uh, which links to the idea that God created disease as a punishment and therefore most treatments are actually around prayer, pray, praying to God for forgiveness for your sins and the hope that he will take the illness away and will not have the need to punish you anymore. Anyway, I hope that's been useful, ladies and gents. Um, tune in for the next one. It is on the Black Death. And as always, keep working hard. Bye-bye then.